Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a motivational speaker helping people to live positively with the challenges of life. I've had rheumatoid arthritis from my jaw to my toes since the age of five. That's 45 years now. And in that time, I've had four hips, four knees, and two shoulders replaced, which makes me sound like a spider. And I've been hospitalized about 40 times. I also stand about five foot one, hence the nickname Too Tall, and that's due to the heavy daily doses of the steroid prednisone that I took to fight my arthritis. Despite those physical challenges, I always answer amazing when asked how I am doing. And you can find out more about me at my website. It's Tom, the number two, and Tall, T-A-L-L dot com. My guest today is the amazing Stephen DeKuyper, who I met uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Stephen is the new chaplain at King Bay Chaplaincy, which is located in downtown Toronto in the financial district. King Bay Chaplaincy is a marketplace ministry that was created to provide hope and help for people living and working in downtown Toronto. On any given day, there are more than a half a million people within a one-kilometer radius of their office. Stephen is originally from Canada and worked in the commercial real estate industry for 20 years with stints in Toronto, Hong Kong, Beijing, and Shanghai. With an undergraduate degree in economics from McGill University in hand, he returned to school in 2010 and received his Master's of Divinity degree from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in 2013. He is continuing on in Ph.D. studies, also at Southern, majoring in ethics, with a particular focus on business ethics and the purpose of a company from a Christian perspective. He had originally planned to return to China, but instead felt called to move back to Toronto to minister to business people, professionals, and white-collar workers in the financial district. He is blessed to be serving as a bi-vocational church planter with Toronto Church Planting, and as I said, at the ch- as the chaplain at King Bay Chaplaincy. Welcome to the show today, uh, uh, Stephen. Great, Tom. Thanks. It's great to be here. Uh, I love King Bay Chaplaincy, uh, founded by Stephen. Uh, what is who? What's uh, Mr. Caldwell's first name? Thomas Caldwell. I should Tom remember Caldwell. that, right? Yeah, he's the chairman of our board. Uh, it was founded, we were founded in 1977. So, 1977. Um, yeah. And the idea, a lot of it, I think, behind Mr. Caldwell founding it was uh, that in that financial district where you're located, uh, that's a stressful industry with the ups and downs of the economy. And there are, as I read in the introduction, half a million people within a one-kilometer radius of there, many of them undergoing various challenges, stresses, addictions, uh, all the gamut of uh, life challenges you can imagine. And uh, it's an important ministry, isn't it, Stephen, for people who maybe don't have an outlook, an outlet to speak to someone about those really difficult challenges that people can face, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting because when you you know when you walk downtown Toronto, you see lots of you know great looking you know new buildings, great buildings. You go into nice offices. You see people walking around with great suits and uh, you know business clothes on, driving nice cars, and you know that they've got nice homes. And you know you walk around, you think everything down here must be perfect, but we know of course it's not. And and that's why we're here because there's a lot of people struggling. 
uh, everybody has issues, and so we're here to help people who uh, who uh, who have those issues. Here to for the you know our doors are open for them to come on in and uh, really just to tackle these issues because they can be debilitating. I think uh, Mr. Caldwell would always talks about you know in his time working in the financial industry uh, here in Toronto. I forget if he mentioned seven or nine of his colleagues or friends have committed suicide. Mm. So that's a huge number of people, and this is just something that's. You know, it's really, it's unacceptable. And so we're downtown, really trying to minister to these people, uh, to all the people in the, in the downtown area. Nice. And so uh, yourself, uh, let's talk about uh, how you got to where you are. How do you go from Canada to China and then back to Canada? Uh, those are quite different cultures for sure. Yeah, they are. You know, it's all God's, it's all God's doing, of course, but I didn't know that originally. Um, I grew up uh, north of Toronto in a secular family, so I never went to church as a, as, a, as a kid. I grew up, ended up, all I ever wanted to do was business. And so I ended up going to McGill University, got my economics degree, came back to Toronto in 91. And, of course, at that time the economy was horrendous, so it took me a while to get a job. Found one working for a, a real estate developer, and things were great. I mean, it was a great company and all that, but they said, look, we're not building anything new for the next few years. I was getting the itch. You know, I wanted to, the, the travel bug. I thought I wanted to do international trade. So I started to do some courses at Ryerson and elsewhere, and I really, you know, I really wanted to move. Uh, there wasn't much, you know, as I said, not much happening at, the, at work uh, here in Toronto. So a friend of my parents said, uh, hey, why don't you try Hong Kong? It's an interesting place. I actually had to find it on a map. <laughs> and once I did, though, I thought, you know, that would be just, it would be really exciting place. So I ended up, I just packed up my bags and moved over to Hong Kong and uh, spent a few years there. Ended up moving up to Beijing for about a year and a half and then and settled in Shanghai for about 12 and a half years. Most of the time, well, all the time working in real estate, primarily as a commercial real estate broker helping uh, foreign companies with their real estate needs in China. Hmm. So in 2005, beginning of 2006, just started about to start my own business. And uh, I got this urge to go to church, and so I ended up going to a church in, in Shanghai, just blown away by what was happening there, and subsequently uh, I became a Christian. Wow. I really was really reluctant to become a Christian, uh, because I always associated the church with saying, you know, business is bad, making money is bad, uh, all of these kind of things. It's good to be poor, it's bad to have money. And so, you know, someone who loved business, and that's all I wanted to do, that wasn't very, you know, enticing to me. But as I read through the Bible and as I just went through, I just saw God's truth. And, and really, he just turned my heart just gradually. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't all just overnight, but it was a gradual thing. And, and I struggled with a lot of things, but I came to, came, to know, uh, came to know the Lord. And so then I stayed in Shanghai for another five years. I ended up just, I started my own company with a partner. And it just, you know, as, as, door, as God opens doors, uh, I had this urge just to go back to, to, go back to school. And so I ended up going back and did my Master's of Divinity. But it was just really, uh, I just knew it was time. And as I said, doors opened up. Uh, other doors were closing and doors opened up. So I, I went to, to Louisville, Kentucky for three years. And then I was actually thinking about going back to China uh, to set up a business that would help to facilitate missionaries in China. But those doors kept closing. And so I was, you know, well, what do you want me to do? And we have a, a group of Canadian students who met, who'd meet at Southern Seminary, and I went along. They said, you know, we're going to get together to talk about ministry. And I thought, oh, I'll be, you know, I'll go. I'm going back to China, but it'll be interesting to go, you know, meet some people. Went there, and after that meeting, God put it in my heart that maybe I should be going back to Canada. Uh, the group met again about a month and a half later, and it just became overwhelming that it was time to come back to, to come to, time to come back to Canada. 
Wow. Came back up, thought I might go to Calgary. I looked out there, things looked good out there. I like Calgary. But when I got to Toronto, I'll be quite honest with you, I walked around, I did a prayer walk downtown Toronto, and I just knew that this is where God wanted me to be. As I looked up in the towers, and remembering my story, of being a guy who wanted to do business, really focused on that, focused on not so much the money, but, you know, just all of the package of money and, and getting a position and, and all that kind of stuff. And I looked around these, I just looked up at these towers and, and I was just thought, you know, there's so many people in here who just need to uh, need to know Jesus. Um, but And also there's a lot of people up here who, even if they're Christians, don't really know how to integrate their faith in the work. So I just felt that, you know, real overwhelming call to come back. And the doors opened up. And so there was a, an opportunity here at uh, King Bay Chaplaincy and I was uh, honored and blessed to be able to, to be brought on as the as the new chaplain here. So really it's been, uh, when I started on this journey, I never thought I would have gone from Canada back you know, to China and back to Canada again. It's just been an awesome journey, but uh, it's been really a blessing, so I'm so glad to be here. Wow, and uh, talk about, uh, so you were saved in, in China. I was, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Not a lot of people get... Well, I don't know much about the Christian community in China. What is it like? Are there many people there? Do they have to quiet it down or keep it quiet? Can they meet in churches? Uh, how, yeah, how do you it, get saved in China? Well, it's interesting. I don't... I mean, there's not a lot of foreigners who get saved in China. There's there's a number of Chinese. They, uh, statistics now are saying that there's anywhere between an official number of 16 million up until I've heard over 100 million Christians in China. Wow. So there's a lot there's a lot happening there. Uh, there's really in China there's well three churches I'd say three types of churches. One is the official Chinese church, yeah. uh, and that's where you get the official numbers from. And so they have buildings throughout different cities, and you see them you see them all over. And so that's the three self church is what it's called. And then there's those who meet at homes, and they call them home churches or, or family mm-hmm. churches. Now those are the ones that you hear about that are um, that are not legal. Uh, not legally accepted by the government, and so they're the ones that generally they, they get the that have the issues. Hmm. Uh, but they say that the underground church or the that church is just huge, and uh, so there's a lot of people coming to faith in that. I came to I came to church. It was an international church. So in Shanghai at the time, I think there was one, maybe two international churches. Now I think there's more like five or six. Um, but they're English language churches that uh, catered to the foreign community. So I, I knew where it was, and so I just walked in there one day, and uh, and I tell you, just people, I remember thinking to myself, Tom, I was watching people, and think, I was thinking to myself, I don't believe that God exists, but these people sure do. <laughs> it, really, it really just, I mean, there's something going on here. And being in Shanghai, being in a foreign church, I would look at that and say, well, most of these people here are business people. You know, they're here, they're here because they're expatriates coming to do business. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, these guys, I mean, if all these people are here, you know, worshiping, uh, worshiping God, and they're all business people, they all must be, you know, smart people there, um, that there must be something to it. So I went back, borrowed, I went back a couple of weeks later, and then I ended up borrowing a Bible from my neighbor. <laughs> I started reading the Bible, and, and God spoke to me through the Bible. I just like, this is, I didn't really know this, but this is truth. And so, yeah, it was really just, uh, I say supernatural. It was not what I was expecting to do, but it was uh, it was a really interesting journey. Neat, neat. And now, uh, in your description and bio, you're talking about working with Toronto church planting, and I am fascinated, interested in. Um, I, I was a member of a 
church plant, a very, very good friend of mine, the pastor. And uh, uh, tell me what exactly is a church planter, and in Canada, uh, what is it like to be a, a church planter? Because I imagine being a church planter in Canada is way easier or somewhat easier than being a church uh, planter in China or other places of the world, for sure. Yeah. Well, church planting is basically starting a new church. Um, and some would call it domestic missions as opposed to overseas missions. Mm-hmm. And basically it's looking to go into unchurched areas and uh, setting up setting up new churches. Fairly, fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, within Toronto, there's a number of church plants. You know, Toronto obviously has had uh, in the past a number of churches, but a lot of those have died away or people, you know, kids have not gone to their parents' church or they've walked away from the faith. And, and Toronto as a city has really become... Uh, uh, what we call unchurched, mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a movement. It's not just Toronto, but cities in Canada and and some parts in the United States, the northeast of the United States, the western part of the United States. There's a real movement of of people like myself who just feel called to go into different places in North America and to uh, start up new churches. So again, there's a number of here. Toronto Church Planting is an organization that's a a combination uh, between the Canadian National Baptist Convention and the Southern Baptist Convention. So we're here to uh, to start up new churches, and there's a number of them around. Say we're not the only ones doing it, and so it's really really encouraging for me to see that. The churches, uh, when people ask me about church planning, the first thing they said, "Do you have a building?" <laughs> and the short answer is no, we don't. We don't have buildings. I'm still right at the beginning stages of mine, but even the, the my friends who are church planning, most do not have a building. The church is a church is not the building itself, and it's a fair enough question because that's how we associate mm-hmm. uh, most churches. But the churches end up meeting in uh, you know in you know the Kiwanis uh, Kids uh, you know center or community center or in a school or in some other venues, and so we have these. Uh, there's some there's one that meets in the Cineplex Odeon Theater. Theater. Another mm-hmm. one meets at Second City uh, Comedy Hall. So there's a lot of different places. People get together, they meet there, and just grow the church. It's an entrepreneurial type endeavor, so you you know undertake marketing and letting people know what you're doing and building it up like that. It's interesting in Toronto because um, you said about you know easier in Canada. In some ways it's more difficult in Canada. In some ways it's more difficult to to reach out to Canadians about church, because there's a lot of preconceived notions, you know, they might have grown up not necessarily in the church, like myself, but I knew people, you know, I, I knew the churches around, and I kind of had thought I had an idea of what church looked like, and it wasn't very attractive necessarily to me. Mm-hmm. So others like myself are probably, no, that's not really what we're, what we're into. So in a lot of ways, we look at, we look at the way we look at a church uh, has, has evolved, and not to say that, you know, the way people looked at it before is wrong, um, but what we see now is that we have to be looking at the church as really a community of believers. And that's just the younger generations now are much more uh, interested in community, and community of believers. And that's, what, that's what, we're, what, we're, what we're striving towards. So I think when we can present that, I think that becomes a lot more, uh, people become a lot more open to that. Now there's also, as you know, a large immigrant uh, population in Toronto. And we find a lot of the church plants are, are uh, recent immigrants. So it's quite interesting to go into them, uh, just seeing just a diversity of, of, of nations that meet together, and it's really it's really encouraging. So in some ways it's a little more difficult, in other ways it's just uh, it's really God's God's working here. Exactly, and uh, you mentioned something interesting that I've kind of been thinking, focusing on a lot is the perception people have of church. I read a book called uh, titled Unchristian, 
and uh, kind of a synopsis of people who used to go to church, what they think of it, and people who turned off by church, what they think of it, and uh, there's some battles to fight there. Um, sometimes as Christians, we're known more for what we're against and for being a little bit judgmental of the world, and uh, so sometimes there's a little bit of a, a job to do to uh, let people know that church is an amazing place. I'm a big promoter of church. I'm an active member of mine, and um, when you find the right one and get involved helping others, there's nothing like a church community. Nothing, 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 right? I, I agree. And I think that's a good point, Tom, because, you know, I meet a lot of people who um, say to me that, not say they're Christians or not, but they're, they're, they're spiritual people, and that they practice their spirituality on their own. Mm-hmm. Now I can tell you from you know biblical perspective, we are called we're called to be in a relationship with Jesus, a personal one-on-one relationship with Jesus. We're also called to do that through the church, and so the church is a huge. I mean, it's in the Bible that we should be gathering in the in the in the church. And I think a lot of people they look at church, have had a bad experience of church, and they say, I'm not, I don't want to go back. Uh, but like you said, you know, people have to look around. Not every church is for every person. And there's no perfect church by any means. You know, we talk about the church is not a uh, not a hotel for saints, but a uh, <laughs> for sinners. Exactly. So when we go into it, you can't expect it to be. You know what? The best thing to do is get involved, right. serve in a church. And I think I've been blessed so much as I served in churches. Uh, instead of just being entertainment value, walking in and, and sitting down, and say, okay, you know, feed me, uh, and then I'm going to walk out again, is to get involved. And so, yeah, mm. I. I like that you said that church is just so huge, and we should be involved with it because it is it is biblical. Uh, and as we walk along on our own, again, I hear this so often. People say, "Well, I don't know what to do. I'm you know kind of lonely in my faith." And say, "Well, you got to get out to the church and right. get involved." And there's brothers and sisters around there. Get involved in small groups and communities because that's where relationships are built up. Exactly, exactly. And those friendships, those relationships, and working side-by-side in your community to help under-resourced people, um, those kind of uh, interactions, friends, those that kind of a church can change your life. Now people are going to be like, well, there's a lot of hypocrites there, and there's a lot of people I don't like, and there's a lot of Bible pounders there. And Yes, there's full of people in church, and we're all just sinners, and a lot of us probably wouldn't get along with each other outside of church, but come and join anyway. Uh, you will find your place, and I like what you said, look for a way to serve. I taught my wife this. She didn't go to church when I first met her, and and, uh, you know, I taught her about when you go to a church, if you look for ways you can serve, uh, you get involved, you get to meet people, and this is where you get the most benefit from church when you have an eye for serving others rather than sitting back and saying, oh, that worship was really good today, and wow, I'm yep. sure glad that greeter was there. He's so nice. No, get involved. Get out there yourself and serve and when you start to do that, this is where the Lord will really work in your life when you're out there helping his people, either in the exactly. church or in your community. Exactly. And Jesus, if you looked at what he did, he said he'd be a servant. You, know, this, you talk about servant leadership. is, You know, you've got you to serve others, and he calls us to do that. And we get fulfilled by it. So, it's a, yeah, it's a really good word. Thanks. Now, one thing, uh, Stephen, I noticed, because I asked a bunch of people, I was at that uh, leadership and character breakfast series you're having powerful by the way that one was what a few weeks ago with paul henderson 
uh, one of the most famous Canadian hockey players in the world. Um, and I noticed, I asked a number of people there, and some were not even Christians. Most that I asked didn't even go to church. And so it seems that King Bay Chaplaincy um, is a great Christian ministry because that's where Jesus spent his time with, with people that weren't necessarily Christians and weren't necessarily churchgoers. How do you reach out? How do you get people out to these breakfasts um, that not, aren't necessarily Christians, churchgoers, those type of things? Because it was a very good crowd. Um, but as I said, the people I talked to, most did not go to church, and some just flat out said they weren't really practicing Christians. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, our, our Leadership and Character Breakfast Series, uh, obviously we're a Christian organization, and I don't know if we'd call that, you know, necessarily a Christian event. No. But what it is is talking with, you know, we bring in speakers, leaders within the community, business community, sports, and other, and other fields, uh, who um, I'm not sure if they're all Christians or not, but at least would appreciate and understand the, the Christian, Christian perspective on, on leadership and character. Mm-hmm. And so when they come in, so a lot of people that come in, we invite them in. And this is, we're hoping to have a forum where people can come in, hear, not necessarily, well, to hear but the Christian perspective, but not necessarily as, you know, it's a church service or an outreach, a quote-unquote outreach event. So these events, I think, this is where people feel free, you know, Christians, okay, I can invite my, my colleague to come here, and it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to get hit over the head with a Bible and, and, you know, never speak to me again. So it's it's a really, truly a form and an avenue to be able to invite, to feel, for Christians in particular, to invite their their friends and their colleagues to come there. And that's what we want. We want people to come out and we want them to get to know us. I mean, part of it is, quite honestly, Tom, we just want people to know that we're here. Because King Bay Chaplaincy, we're not just for Christians by any means. We're, our doors are open for people of, of, of faith and no faith at all. And so we want to be here because we believe that the Bible and, and Jesus and God answers. He's got the questions, uh, the answers for the questions of life. And so we want to be here to serve as many people as we can. So that fits in really well with us. Now, we do events here that are just Christian, um, that would be really just suitable for Christians. Of course, non-Christians are always welcome to come in. But the general idea is that you know we're out there to, to, to minister to everybody in the, uh, in, mm-hmm. the, in the downtown area. So events like our Leadership and Character Breakfast Series are just really an opportunity to reach out to them. And as I said, it just, it's inviting. Now, when you have a guy like Paul Henderson coming, uh, mm-hmm. it just makes that, you know, the doors just, uh, people <laughs> become much more interested in coming. Yes. Exactly. I am uh, a big well fan of Paul. I used to go to a Bible study in his office at the Campus oh, yeah. Crusade for Christ office. So uh, I really enjoyed it, and I was taken by how many people were there. Uh, very impressive. And I, um, and I was just thinking when you were talking about how I believe Toronto is the most multicultural city in the world according to maybe the United Nations and yes. sudden, so not only does King Bay Chaplaincy have a half a million people within a one kilometer radius at all times uh, they have the most culturally diverse population around them of anywhere in the world and so that must be interesting for you too, you must get meet and see people from every walk of life and area of the world uh, in the area that you are there Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're here just any one of our events. There's, uh, you know, I would say there's no dominant uh, ethnicity 
uh, within them. It's a real diverse group, and it's just it's so great to see. Because particularly, you know, people they come in from different attitudes. So uh, when we have we have praise and worship on on Thursdays, and we see just different ways that people praise and worship. And so it's really it's a real blessing to see uh, to have that variety. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, a question that I even not exactly sure of, but uh, would be important for people to know what services does. King Bay Chaplaincy provide to, to people that are in that area? Yeah, great, thanks. Um, we provide th- basically three main services. One of them is we have our offices here in the concourse level of the TD Center near the, I guess it's the southeast corner near 60, at 66 Wellington Street West. And we have an office here, and we're just open uh, when we're open during regular business hours for people to drop in. So we have a variety of people coming in here all the time. Um, some people are Christians, some are not. Some just walk by and they see a sign, our sign in the uh, the path there in the main corridor, saying King Bay Chaplain. So said, I'm just curious what you guys do. So people come in, and sometimes they come in with particular issues they want to talk about, and sometimes they just come in to say hello. But we're here basically, we do one-on-one counseling. Um, we, you know, we're in here uh, for people who want to talk. If they feel overwhelmed and they want to talk, they come in. We're here to we're here to listen to them. We're here to uh, to offer advice if, if if appropriate, if we can. But we're also here to pray for people. Mm. And you know, something I find with prayer, um, we get you know, it's so many people. Even if they're not Christian, if you ask them, would you like me to pray for you? Mm. A lot of people will say yes. So we're here for that. That's one is just a, that open-door policy, drop-in. Sometimes it can get a bit hectic. Normally at lunchtime, of course, when people are, are around, we might have two or three people in here, so that's a bit of a busier time. But uh, during the day, uh, we're, we're open. The doors are open here. So one-on-one kind of drop-in counseling and prayer. Mm. The second thing we do is we have a number of uh, lunchtime programs. So we normally do it because people normally take off either 12 to 1 o'clock or 1 to 2 o'clock as their lunch. So we have throughout the week on Monday, we're doing right now a spiritual disciplines course. And that's obviously focused primarily on on Christians, just about how do we read the Bible and we pray and journaling and uh, fasting and all of these kind of things. We look at spiritual disciplines. We do that on Monday. Tuesdays, we pray for the city. We actually pray for Toronto, and we also pray for Ontario and Canada. It's not so, the prayer session is not so much for us to pray for one another, but to pray. We've been praying for our mayor for uh, for months uh, that he would go in and see, uh, you know, seek uh, seek uh, help with uh, with addiction. Mm-hmm. And just the other day, uh, he went in, and so we see that you know it's an answer to prayer for us. So we pray for this. We pray for our councillors, members of parliament. We pray for you know all of, all in authority, but we also pray for everybody who's working down here, and particularly in the financial district. And so we spend time that. We've got a list to go. We pray for churches and ministries, and, and so we pray for the city. Wednesday, we have Bible studies. We have one now from 12 to 1, and we're going to start a new one probably in the end of June from 1 o'clock until 2 o'clock. So Bible study on Wednesday. Thursday, we have praise and worship. So for those two hours, we have someone who plays guitar and we sing and do that for you know about 40 minutes. So we're down here. Um, for lunchtime, people can drop in. We're always open. If somebody came in and said, hey, look, I've got a bunch of friends. We'd be interested in learning more about this. We'd be happy to accommodate and just see how we can uh, might be able to serve people. So that's our lunchtime program. And we just spoke about our uh, leadership and character executive mm-hmm. breakfast series, which is happens. It's, it varies because it varies depending on, on the speakers we can get. But it should be two to three times, two to three times a year. So wow. those are the main things that we're doing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're also trying to get involved a little more in social media. And part of that, hopefully we, we'll be introducing a revamped website soon. And what we're trying to do on there is also to provide some content as far as articles about integrating your work and your faith, uh, spiritual wellness in the office, you know, in your, in your workplace. Yeah. And so we, we're looking to do more of that. See, when we look at, we look at uh, the service that we provide is obviously for, for the people who come in the front door, but it's also for the companies. You know, because all these people come in, they work for a company. Mm-hmm. And so we believe it's a spiritual wellness. You know, there's a lot of things that a, a person working in a big bank, they'll feel comfortable going to HR about some things they won't. And yeah. so they'll come to us with those, and we'll have, they'll have an opportunity to, to, you know, to get advice and to let that out. So we don't compete with HR departments or corporate uh, counseling, but we're here for those, those incidences that maybe they don't feel comfortable going there. So it's a matter of spiritual wellness, and so we think we serve the banks and the law firms, uh, the insurance companies, uh, all the companies that are down here, mm. by having a place for their employees to come and you know, let off steam or, or get advice mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. So. I hadn't yeah, even so thought of that, but yeah, sometimes in yeah. your own company, uh, the word may get out, someone may see you, uh, maybe uh, if you're a Christian, a believer, you don't always feel comfortable sharing with someone who doesn't maybe have the same belief, and and so, yeah, all of those companies in those competitive and stressful businesses in downtown Toronto um, often will need someone private, confidential, uh, to pray, to just hold them, just to reassure them, and that's not something that HR people are going to do for too many no. people. Hold you, hug you, and pray for you, and exactly. and uh, read the Bible to you. And so I hadn't even thought of that. So you are really equipping some of the employees of the the, the companies in that area to deal with the tremendous stress they must deal with in, in the financial district. Think about if you're managing other people's money, and, you know, bad enough if you lose your money or your money goes down. Um, but when you're doing it for other people, the stresses involved with that must be horrific, and, and sometimes Absolutely. you may just not want to share those stresses with people within your company. And so hadn't even thought of that, a good place for people to drop in and share maybe things that they're really not comfortable sharing with anyone at work. Exactly. Now, there's another service that we're, you know, we'd love to provide it. We haven't, we're not doing it right now. But a lot of the corporate um, chaplaincies, what, what they do is, and we, again, we'd be willing to do this, is they go into companies. And so if a company was to contact us and say, hey, look, we want someone to come in, uh, you know, maybe come in once a month. And so what we could do uh, and what others do is go into a company and just walk around, meet everybody in there, and just say, here's my card, my, my mobile number's on there. If you have an issue, you know, if you want to talk, just give us a call. Mm-hmm. And so companies who do that, actually, uh, statistically, they, they find an increase in a, uh, worker productivity. Uh, they find more happy workers. And so there really is, I mean, there are noticeable differences. If this was to be implemented, uh, you know, say company-wide, Mm-hmm. There, you know, some will argue that there are definitely uh, measurable benefits from doing this because, again, going into their place where the people don't have to walk out and they don't have to kind of walk in our door. And some people, well, I don't want people to see me. Uh, everybody knows that we're there, and so there's always that opportunity to speak. But that's another one: getting into the companies themselves. Now, Something I'd hope that more companies would take up, but mm-hmm. some companies are, are hesitant because of you know we're, we are a Christian organization. 
Yeah. Uh, and so they're going, well, we don't, that doesn't... they got to be a little bit uh, careful, um, but yeah. certainly a valuable resource uh, uh, for sure. Now, you mentioned in your Ph.D. studies you're focusing on or majoring on ethics and business yeah. ethics, and uh, whew, what an important uh, topic. Um, tell us a little bit about that, that, that focus and, and your Ph.D. studies, uh, um, because in this day and age, ethics, uh, especially in the financial district, financial areas, very, very important topic, or any area of life, but for mm-hmm. sure in the area that you're located there. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know, the reason that I kind of, when I shared my, you know, at the beginning of just my story, part of the reason I do that is because I want, I want you know, people to know that, I mean, I was in the business world for 20 years, uh, I was involved in, you know, everybody's story is a little bit different, but I was, you know, I was in there trying to make money and trying to, you know, trying to, trying to make a go of things and trying to get higher positions and more power and, and playing uh, the corporate game and the entrepreneurial game at some point. So I have experience doing that. When I became a Christian, as I said, I struggled with this. How do we, how do we put together our faith and our work? And so for me, going into the, doing the Ph.D. study, a lot of that had to do with looking at how does our faith as Christians interact with our work and our business or our profession, you know, for lawyers or, or, or doctors. Um, particularly for me, though, it comes from a corporate perspective. And looking at saying, well, how does, how does that integrate? Because a lot of people think you go to church on Sunday and Monday morning when you go to work, you leave God at home. <laughs> and, you know, you spend the rest of the week just avoiding getting into these situations. You think, well, I'm in the world, you know, I'm, I'm here, so I have, to, I, have to be, I have to work a certain way. Uh, and so people expect me. You know, I was in China, and one of the things that got me, and, and this is not to make a comment on it um, necessarily to say right or wrong, just the way it is. You know, there's certain things that happen in business in, in China that would not happen here. Again, not to say they're right or wrong. So I went through these, you know, what do I do? Can I do this? Is it okay for me to participate in that activity? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I, you know whatever it may be. And so I struggled a lot with that, with the ethics. And, and coming back here, but, you know, that's not, my situation was a bit unique, but everybody's, you know, there's issues struggling as a Christian. And I hear this over and over again. Uh, it can be ethical issues struggling as a Christian in the workplace. So I'm looking at, well, my studies in particular, I want to look at the purpose of a company. Uh, I want to look at what responsibilities a company has. You know, we have for the last, say, 30 years, uh, 40 years, really focus at the primary purpose of a company is to make money. And yeah. I, I, that's a very valid reason. And in some, you know, in the States, and I think here in Canada, uh, it's, it's mandated that a company, the managers of a company have a responsibility to make profits. And that's, that's, that's fine. Uh, I've got nothing against that. But what, does that, what happens when the profits come at the, uh, at the cost of employees or the community or suppliers or the environment? I think there's so many different stakeholders that are actually involved in a company, whether whether they're you know recognized as that or whether they're just being affected by the company. There is a lot a lot of people and that are being affected by it. So I think that's an important thing. So for me, it's a study as a Christian. What should my approach to be to, to you know to my company if I were to have one, mm-hmm. um, or to my business? Am I you know can I participate in these things? What is the purpose? Is it the purpose is just to make money? Does that allow me to uh, or allow us as a company to, you know, whatever it may be, like uh, just ruin the environment 
or to do other things. There's, so there's a lot, of, a lot of issues involved. So that for me is just really working through that from a biblical perspective and from a practical perspective. And the more that I'm studying, the more I'm realizing, you know, it's the biblical perspective is not just some uh, crazy way off. No, it's, I mean, God created all things. And so even in these activities, there's, there's just the truth is, is in the Bible. We just have to figure out how to work through it because, um, you know, trying to work through these different stakeholders and who's involved and what responsibilities, social justice and, and all of these, uh, it's fine to talk about them all, but how do you actually kind of work them all together? So for me, that's a big, that's a big question right now, yeah. Big one. And then you mentioned earlier a little fallacy that uh, I encounter, hmm, we encounter, Christians encounter, uh, especially if, you know, I'm teaching from a book called Think and Grow Rich. A lot of Christians are programmed, brought up, taught, somehow it gets into their brain that uh, you have a lot of money, can't be a Christian. You know, if you're a Christian, you can't have a lot of money, you can't be wealthy. If you're wealthy, you probably you're, did something wrong or, you know, you're probably not ethical and... These are all wrong misconceptions. What I try and let people know is that God gave us skills, talents, and abilities. We live in North America. We live in a culture where we can pursue what we want. And so I would think that God would want us to earn as much as we can with the skills, talents, and abilities he gave us. But what do you do with earning the most that you can so that you can then help and serve others who don't have those same resources, the four and ten people in the world who live in less than $2 a day, the people on the streets in Toronto. So I think if Christians could understand that, yes, we've been blessed. We live in Canada. There is opportunity to be a successful business person. So go for it. But don't go for it for that purpose. Go for it for the purpose of that you will now have excess revenue so that you can bless other people, serve other people, give to other people, support ministries, support church planting. And I think if you go into it with that mindset and purpose, I think God will honor it because he knows you're not just going into it to pile up a higher mountain of money in your house. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's not so much it's making the money, it's what you do with it. And, and it's also what's your heart towards it, as you said. If it's if it's all about you know making money so that everybody thinks more of me, then you know sometimes those uh, priorities are a bit skewed. Uh, yeah. So it's important, but it's important. And the thing is, a church we too often we we kind of ignore that. Um, yeah. And so we don't properly train and educate our you know our congregation towards yeah. those things. So it sounds you know your ministry is, is very very uh, very helpful. Yeah, and, and and you know a lot of people like you are ministering to they're very successful people, mm. very wealthy people. But you look at someone like Tom Caldwell, um, he doesn't do it to pile up a bigger mountain. He does it with a purpose to help others, serve others, and you know there's a real difference doing business with someone with a heart like that versus someone you know is just in it for every penny of profit he can make just for the sake of the profit. And so, um, you know, character and ethics that you're studying, combining it with your ambition and your skills and your talents and the opportunity that God gives you. He didn't give you skills, talents, and abilities and opportunity without wanting you to do your best. And so do your best, but with the right mindset in mind why you're doing your best. Yeah, it's exactly. You know, for me, what, I, what I've what i been doing really lately, actually, is looking in, in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Look at the creation account. And as we look there, we see a few things that are related to 
you know, related to work. And I think it's amazing. This is, so before the fall, before the fall, before uh, there was any curse, God, you know, he created, uh, even before, as he said, that as he created, <clears throat> before everything was created, he, he needed man to be there to, to work it. So he had an intention for, for us to be workers. He was a worker, as you see in, uh, you know, it says in six days he worked and the seventh day he rested. Mm-hmm. And so from that, we're made in his image. So if he's a worker who rested, are we not also now, of course, I don't think he needed to rest that way, but I think it's, um, you know, we also we also follow that. Yeah. And in Genesis, he says, you know, we put Adam in the garden to uh, to work it and to keep it. And to me, that's just such a crucial verse that we are called to work. We yeah. are. And we're also called to keep, which is, you know, guarding and, and stewarding. So that's where I think, to me, the stakeholder, you know, we look at environment. We look at those around us. We're called to keep it. Yeah. But at that point, so we look at an original creation, we are made for this. So, yeah, there's nothing right now. We know that after the fall, the ground became hard, and uh, you know, he said you're going to toil to to work it, but that doesn't make the work itself uh, self bad. Exactly. And I think we need to get over that where people think it's like, oh well, work is just something you have to do to make money, and no, no, no. Ways of, you know, glorifying God through work, and and again, I mean, there's blessings, and uh, there's also you know bl- financial blessings that come from that, and or that can come from that, and I think there's also things that we do with that financial blessing, mm-hmm. the stewardship responsibilities that we have over the resources that God has given us, and mm-hmm. that's the important thing, you know, in the the parable of the talents, he said, here's you know here's here's these talents, I want you to go and, and take care of it. And the ones that came back who took the, you know, the ten talents and came back with ten more, uh, he said, good and faithful, you're a good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Because you've been so good with this little, I'm going to give you more. And that to me, I'm just like, that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> Jesus was telling this parable. Right? Now, maybe a parable, it may not be like an actual story that, that, you know, happened. But the fact that he would use this story to talk about this, uh, to me, it just, it's just, it's, He's showing that I mean, there's some there's something to that. So, um, in some ways, uh, it's a condoning, but uh, promoting. And uh, I tell people, I remind people that uh, there's no examples of retiring in the Bible. Nobody retired, and so we're meant to work. We're meant to work, and so yeah, it's a blessing to be able to work. Think of people who don't have jobs. Think of people who live on 40 percent of the world on less than two dollars a day. If they heard us complain about our jobs and our bosses exactly. and how hard they yeah. work, they'd probably be think we're pretty selfish. As a lot of people don't even have an opportunity to work, so uh, it is a blessing. It is ordained by God, and uh, it's something that we should do our utmost for. Now, uh, just to end off, uh, Stephen, uh, I'm I want to find out what is what is your plans? What do you hope to achieve with KBC? Because firstly, you're following. Bruce Smith. I never met Bruce Smith, but I never heard so many people talk about such a great guy. And uh, so you have some big shoes to fill. It took a while to replace Bruce Smith, who died unexpectedly. And so now what are you hoping to achieve with, uh, with your time here at KBC? Because it's such an important ministry. It impacts so many people and could be life-changing for people. Um, so what are your plans? Share those with us. Sure, yeah. You know, I also, I never met Bruce, and I've, you know, as I meet and introduce myself, I get this all the time that, about the great things that he did and how he expanded the ministry. And so for that, I'm very thankful. I'm honored to be, you know, to following in his footsteps. And uh, But for us, you know what, just looking forward for King Bay Chaplaincy is really to get the word out. 
It's to get the word out because what we do is not something that, you know, we have our lunchtime programs and executive breakfast, but people dropping in, people feeling comfortable coming here, that's, we can't force that. You know, we want to be here when people have a real problem or an issue or they want to talk. We want to be here for them. So the best thing for us is just to get out and let more and more people know about us. I want everybody in this financial district to know that we're here. Now, they may not think, you know, may not want to come down or they may not feel they need to come down, but I want them to know about us so that at that point when they do need us or when they do have a question that they will feel that there's a place to come in here so a lot of it for us is really marketing to get out in there in the, in the marketplace and again i just reemphasize you know we we're a christian ministry but we're not solely for christians so for people with no faith or they might be seeking uh, seeking faith you know we're here for counseling but we're also here to you know someone wants to come in and ask a question about about the bible Mm-hmm. Uh, and even to if they want to come in and say, well, I really don't, you know, I've read the Bible, I heard this, and I don't agree with it. You know, tell me why it's. I'm happy. I'm happy for people to come in. I just want to be able to speak to them about uh, Jesus, about God, about biblical things, and have that opportunity to be here for them. So, in that vein, we've been uh, really again promoting on the uh, moving into social media, and so we're on Twitter and we're on Facebook and we're on LinkedIn. If anybody looks for us there, you know, we can see, <clears throat> kind of get a little bit of what we're doing. I want that to get out so people know about us. They can follow us. They can read some of the stuff we're doing. And that's a big, for us, a big a big push to that. Uh, revamping the website. And, again, having content because, you know, some of them, maybe people don't need to come in. But I'd like to talk about, you know, what you just talked about, my, my studies and, and what I've found is writing articles and letting people know about faith in the workplace and uh, spiritual wellness in the office and that so hopefully people more people will just get to know us and that's that's really it. and of course we're here to we're here to share the gospel um we're here to glorify god and so that is obviously the main the main purpose and we do that just by reaching out to people who who are in need and, pro- and providing them with the hope of jesus amen get the word out a lot of people around there and as you said even just bible questions lots of people have bible questions bible uh, misinterpretations, all kinds of things related to the Bible, and yeah, good place to come and go and ask and clarify and read it yourself, and, and so yeah, just uh, drop on by. There's so many people around there, and such a convenient place for people to drop by, say hello, ask a few questions, be prayed for, pray for other people. Uh, the opportunities are endless. Uh, what's well, the website can do that of the? Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Dominic. I just say, if people want to just call in as well, you know, if they don't want to stop in, if they just want to call, we're open to, you know, we're, we're, we're there for, we're here for that as well. So people feel free to call us, and if they have a prayer request, and say, you know, even if you don't know me, but, I'm, you know, my mother is sick or I'm having difficulty at work, would you pray for me? Happy to do that. So, yeah, we're here just to help in any way we can. And the website's pretty simple, king-bay.com, I believe. King-bay.com. Hyphen, yeah, hyphen-bay.com. So King Bay Chaplaincy, uh, king-bay.com. Find them online, uh, downtown Toronto. Look for them and uh, for sure give Stephen a call. Thanks so much for your time today, Stephen. It's a tremendous ministry, uh, great opportunity, um, and so many needing and needy people in Toronto that need to know God more and, and need God's love. And so... Keep up the great work. You're you're going to impact a lot of people with that ministry. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate this opportunity to uh, to talk about it. Have an amazing day, and thanks so much for your time. Bless you.